0: The economic outlook is one of an unsynchronized global economic recovery. It's one, indeed, where there's going to be patchy outcomes, both between economies, as some economies experience a faster recovery than others. And, of course, this patchiness is something that businesses have to prepare themselves for. I'm Annabelle Bishop from Investec, the chief economist in South Africa. Today the topic I'm going to be discussing is COVID-19 and the impact on the South African economy and of course the global economic outlook and what that really means for the next few months, focusing particularly on businesses. Around the world, the impact of the COVID-19 restrictions had a very negative effect on economies. And in South Africa in particular, we continue to see these statistics coming through. If we have a look at the most recent data for June, there's over a 20% drop in the number of people who received salaries. That really indicates that more than 20% of individuals no longer receive salary and wages. And this is a huge concern for us, I think for businesses as well. But, you know, looking at the deeper economic environment and really having a look at what's been happening in South Africa, we obviously have come through from a very severe lockdown in April to a less modest one in May, but still one that has been very, very restrictive. Moving from level five to level four has not seen much opening up of the economy. And of course, now, most recently, having moved to level three with a lot of restrictions eased as well, we continue to see very, very poor performance of the economy. Globally, of course, the lockdown restrictions have also resulted in a very weak environment. And while there has been some optimism at certain periods that the global economic recovery is underway, then, of course, that's met by sudden pessimism. We've seen the rand weaken quite substantially after reaching close to 16 rand 34 to the dollar a couple of weeks ago. It's now much weaker than 17 rand to the dollar again. And of course, this patchiness, this unevenness in financial markets and of course in the economic statistics as well is something that we have to understand we're going to be looking at for the rest of this year. The economic outlook is one of an unsynchronized global economic recovery. It's one, indeed, where there's going to be patchy outcomes, both between economies, as some economies experience a faster recovery than others, like we've seen most recently with the salary and wage statistics in South Africa, so too in the United States. In the United States, of course, we've seen some very good income and expenditure figures, and that has led to some optimism that the global economy is underway, the world's largest economy, and, of course, you know, globally as well. And the real risk here is that with the United States, delaying its extension of its fiscal stimulus package to households. The checks that were coming through into mailbox of about $600 a week, with that now being delayed, there's great concern that the global economy will falter on a uh, faltering in the United States. And of course, this patchiness is something that businesses have to prepare themselves for. The salary and wage data coming through from BankServe, it's the largest payment house in Africa, and certainly in South Africa. It helps the banks make all their payments to individuals, and particularly as we're looking at here, pensions and salary and wages. Why was it so much worse in the month of June? You would have anticipated being really, really poor in the month of April or May. And that's, of course, because of these lagged effects, and that creates this uneven nature of recovery. So for businesses, the economic environment is expected to be particularly weak in the second quarter, certainly, and we're looking for a contraction of close to 50% for GDP. But of course, looking at the year as a whole, we're looking at a 10% contraction year on year. That really means that the third quarter is going to be quite weak in its economic recovery. We're only expecting growth of about 16%. And again, that's quarter on quarter, annualized, and of course, leading through to the rest of this year. The fourth quarter, you know, only seeing growth of around about 3%. And then, of course, next year, only experiencing growth of closer to 2%. So this is really the worry that we are experiencing in South Africa, that we had substantial structural issues before COVID-19 crisis struck. And of course, you know, looking forwards now, there has not been a huge take up politically of all the structural reforms that need to occur in South Africa. As a consequence of that, we obviously are at risk of seeing a particularly weak economic growth environment when the rest of the global economy is actually seeing their growth rates lift and pick up. And of course, that's what happened in 2008-2009. In the 2008-2009 period, we didn't see the South African economy rebound to its economic growth rates experienced before the crisis, whereas globally we did see significant lift. And of course, for South Africa, that has been due to the very poor governance, the weakened institutions and all the other factors we experienced in the last decade that really pulled economic growth down. Not repairing those weak fundamentals does not put us in a good position for certainly the recovery this year, but particularly the recovery in the next few years. So, too, our government finances have weakened very substantially, and that has placed upward pressure on our long-term borrowing rates. And of course, it also has a significant impact as well. We have seen significant interest rate cuts, and we're certainly not expecting to see interest rates hiked any time soon, and that will provide some support to businesses. But certainly in the longer term, as inflation starts to tick up, and of course we've already seen a recovery to some degree in the oil price, that's likely to see some further lift in petrol prices, and then of course feed through into higher inflation in South Africa than the remainder of this year and next year. That of course will then see interest rates rise by a couple of percent, and of course that will place some pressure as well on the environment. So we are really finding ourselves in a situation where we went into the global COVID-19 crisis on very weak fundamentals and we're exiting the crisis on particularly weak fundamentals as well. Yes. As we said earlier, there's some anticipation we'll start to exit the crisis in the third quarter of this year. But again, that could be somewhat misleading. It doesn't mean that economic growth will return and particularly strong. It doesn't certainly mean that we'll have the economic activity levels that we experienced at the end of 2019. Indeed, those very strong production levels are only expected to be achieved in 2025. Such is the risk, but also in the global economy as well. The United States also said it does not expect an immediate rebound from its COVID-19 crisis, the impact on the economy. And indeed, they're actually expecting that it'll be much slower and take much longer and also take several years as well. So these are really the risks that we face for the business sector. It's a new environment where we've seen substantial weakness, both in terms of expenditure and, of course, demand from individuals, but also in terms of employment as well. There's estimated to be a loss of up to three million jobs in South Africa. And of course, we've seen the impact of the COVID-19 crisis on incomes, really hitting those in the middle income band. There's been support in the low income ban from the government social welfare payments, from many COVID 19 intervention payments. And of course, in the upper income bands, there's been protection for wealthy individuals from their savings. But of course, looking at the middle income, that's really where we are seeing the pain coming through. And that's going to take a long while to repair and recover and of course getting those individuals back into employment. South Africa was already at a very high unemployment rate of close to 30% before the crisis and now we actually anticipate that we're going to be moving towards 37% because of the substantial job losses by the third quarter before we start to pull back towards a 36% mark and certainly you know over the course of next year eventually moving towards a 35% mark. That again shows you the lagged impact of the crisis it's unlikely to be a one-quarter effect. It's unlikely to be something very quick and easy. Instead, we're actually likely to see a substantial period of weak economic activity and only a gradual uplift. We have, of course, heard a lot of information coming through from government as well. On the $360 it expects to see from an investment perspective on infrastructure. This is government-led infrastructure and, of course, creating a couple of hundred thousand jobs. But the reality of this is that these figures were already in government's budget that they produced in February. It's mainly aimed in the rural areas, underdeveloped areas, and mainly aimed at benefiting poor and low-income earners. And, of course, particularly key to have the multiplier effect to push through and, of course, see an improvement in those far-flung areas. But the reality of the situation is that if we do not see this being a broad-based initiative, if the money ends up in the hands of politically connected few, then, of course, the multiplier effect will be less. So South Africa is not likely to see any quick or major rebound from its COVID-19 crisis in the near future. Instead, it's likely to be a very slow, steady and hopefully um, uphill improvement. But obviously, there are still room for further risks as well. And, we know, we really find ourselves at risk of seeing higher long-term interest rates in South Africa. The very sharp increase in the trajectory of borrowings that government has put out in its special adjustment budget in June indicates that we are going to have strong upward pressure on long-term interest rates. Usually when your yield curve is steep, it tends to indicate fast economic growth. But for South Africa, that's not really the case. For South Africa, we're really finding ourselves in a situation where this steep upward curve actually indicates increased investor worry. The government might well have overstretched itself in terms of its borrowing plans and it brings us closer to substantial credit rating downgrades. And of course, credit rating downgrades, particularly if we fall more uniformly into the single B category, will also place upward pressure on interest rates in the longer term. So these are some of the key risks that the South African economy is really facing. The good news certainly for South Africa is that the health minister has recently indicated that it's quite likely that COVID-19 has peaked in South Africa and we can start to see a further waning in cases going forward. This is particularly important because it indicates that government may be looking to ease restrictions further and of course that's very positive for the economic environment. We still see some restrictions that are limiting the tourism sector for example and if we start to see the opening up of travel much more substantially that in turn obviously bolsters business and economic activity. We obviously are also at risk of a second wave of infections. And I think that's something that particularly needs to be borne in mind. It's happened in other economies around the world. But hopefully now we start as we start to move towards the end of this year. And with the expectation that in 2021, there will be a vaccine available globally. This mass vaccine should also then start to give um, some optimism to individuals to engage more fully in the activities that they have been doing in their lives pre-COVID-19. Certainly there are some positives on the horizon but of course we need to be aware that the uncertainties have not passed, there are still some substantial risks and as I said the recovery is going to remain uneven and patchy both in South Africa and globally and of course there's likely to continue to be a lot of volatility in financial markets as a consequence.